This is Lanny Poffo, formerly the genius of WWE, and you are listening to Wrestling's first audio drama, Kings of the Ring. You are listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. This is it, folks. 50 episodes. Dozens upon dozens of songs. Over a hundred different voiced characters. Hundreds of sound effects. And it all comes down to this. What began in episode one, the eulogy, has been building to number 50. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA for profanity, graphic sexual situations, and drug use. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the night it all changed. Now there's no denying your track record. You were all specialists in each of your fields. And you've all been wrongfully accused of crimes you did not commit. But you're being released for a special project. For America, Colonel Powers O'Reilly, you are going to be in charge. We're depending on you to whip this ragtag group of misfits into a fighting force. No, no, not just a force, but a team. A super team. What'll it be, Colonel? Do you accept the deal? You can count on me, Mr. President. Thor, oiled up and shirtless and camouflaged pants with huge manacles binding his wrists. Then let the Super Team USA commence. And cut. Daniel Daybreak walks up to Thor and high-fives him. That was most excellent, Thor. Yeah, thanks, but who wrote this shit? I got a guy, why? So I'm in jail for crimes for shit I didn't do, and instead of releasing me, I have to join some team and risk my life? But Thor, it's for America. And the, the dialogue is kind of the shits. Don't worry, we'll fix it in post. This is just the pilot. No one gives a shit about dialogue. Besides, it was either this or Goldie and the Bears. Follow me. And why are these government people interviewing us without our shirts and all oiled up? They walk over to a group of actors getting their faces touched up for their scene. They look like four bodybuilders, also oiled up with camo paint on their faces and shirtless. Yeah, thought, I want you to make the rest of Super Time USI, all of whom I also manage. Flash, Hammer, Ratchet, and Crash. Together, you are Super Time USI. A Captain America-looking figure with a chiseled jawline and a short, bleach-blonde flat top shakes Thor's hand. I'm Donald Frisco, Flash. Nice to meet you, dude. Oh, right, Flash. Uh, with that short blonde hair, you look like Flash Gordon. I get it. Yeah, I managed the golds back at Venice Beach. Uh, I've actually seen you around. Oh, uh, okay. I think you look familiar. And this is Hammer, who's brothers with Flash in real life. Can you believe it? A man a couple inches taller than Flash steps forward. He's a bit heavier, too, and more muscled, with shaggy brown hair. Hey, I'm Jake. And this is Ratchet and Crash. Ratchet, an African-American built like a football player, and Crash, a nondescript white guy with plain brown hair. You guys are nice and jacked, but still smaller than me, so I like that. Yeah, you know, we're new to the acting thing. Uh, we're just trying to make it. How long have you been a wrestler? Look it up in the encyclopedia, brother. But acting didn't come up until Rambo. How long have you guys been acting? Daybreak found us at the gym and told us we could be actors. Uh, I did quite a bit in high school, so I find this more natural. I never did before, but I'll try anything. I was a chiropractor before, did bodybuilding, but we just want to be stars. We don't care what. For all I care, if this pilot don't get picked up or this acting thing don't work out, 
Maybe we could try out wrestling. What? No. Listen, motherfucker. Wrestling ain't some fallback plan. There's too many of you young fucking muscleheads who watch me and think wrestling is easy. And I ain't here to teach you or break you in. No, no, that, that's not what we think. Fuck that, you do. I know it, and it ain't. You guys stay the fuck out of wrestling. Honestly, I'm not even liking you for the show. You hear me, Daybreak? Thor storms off. Thought I talked to him. What did you say that for? What's the problem? To hell with him. We just made it on a show, and now we're going to get fired. No, man, that pisses me off. We asked that guy an innocent question, and he said we got no business being in wrestling. I've half a mind to become a wrestler purely out of spite. Thor Hansen can go to hell. Kings of the Ring, episode 50. The night it all changed. In Palm Beach, Florida, Raylan Crenshaw, Charlie Gotch, Burt Ironside, and their host, George Gilmore, sit at their large table in the fancy Mar-a-Lago resort. George pulls out the document sent to them from the Billington Law Firm, requesting the name change of SCW to World Wrestling Alliance, and puts it down with a thud. I want to thank you for bringing me in on this and for coming down to Florida to meet. I've known about that rapscallion from the start. I never trusted Daniel Hawkins. He was a, a pampered little pansy who breastfed until he was 10 and went to bed all the way into college. He was always unfit, and I never understood why he inherited the CWA and not his sister Ava. It was always a matter of time before he did something, and I have to intervene. Consider my retirement over. I played enough golf for a lifetime, and I can't take it anymore. I'm coming back to rid the World Wrestling Alliance of that boy. <laughs> like the sound of that. As for that little scamp's legal representation, I went to law school with Thomas Billington, and I know what that smug son of a bitch is all about. I have some old scores to settle with him, too. But I can handle him, no problem. Very good. I like the sound of that. Yes. All indications are by Billington's wording is that they know about the champion's claws. But never mind. We will regain control of the World Wrestling Alliance without Hawkins. Now we're talking. And I know Maggie Hawkins is, is looking down with shame at what her petulant little boy has done. What would we do about the boats? Was he right? Is the champion's claws legit? Yes, it's completely legitimate, lawful, and correct. The champion will cast the deciding vote on all matters in the case of a tie. Crenshaw sits back dejected and downs a shot of bourbon. Well, we screwed them. Nigel Davies booked the champion for many years, including Donnie Gold's entire run. Donnie trusts Nigel implicitly, but Donnie also owed loyalty to the member of the Alliance who cast the deciding vote to make him champion at Battle of the Stars. Other than Nigel, the closest board member to Donnie Gold has always been... May. Gentlemen, we're not only going to shut down Daniel's delusions of being the sole proprietor of the WWE name, but we're going to get him kicked out, force him to sell everything back to us, and return the World Wrestling Alliance to its proper glory. It's a bad time. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> Eric, it's Buddy. So glad I caught you. Uh, I must have called you a dozen times. Real busy being champ, eh? Uh, yeah, been super busy. As I'm sure you heard by now, I was fired by Julian. It totally sucks, dude. I know, Eric, and thank you. But I'm still trying to piece together how this even happened. Someone obviously spilled the beans and told Julian about the union walkout. My question to you, Eric, is... 
did you talk to Julian about this? What? Uh, what, do, what do you mean? Did someone say- No, no, Eric. I mean, I, I know you wouldn't do it on purpose. You're the closest friend I have in the entire EWF. But I know you talk to Julian a lot. So do you remember if you accidentally blurted something out or casually mentioned something to Hendo or Louie? Um, no way, man. Nope. Okay, well, well someone did. Uh, who could it be, though? Well, you heard from any of the boys since they canned you? No. <laughs> See? But you heard from me. So what does that tell you? Um, I, I don't know. It means that the rest of the boys don't care, but I do. Oh, yeah. Thanks, and I appreciate it. Ain't no problem, amigo. It was good to catch up, buddy. Wait, wait. Do you know who it could be? I mean, everyone seemed on board and enthusiastic about it. I mean, I've been banging my head against the wall trying to figure this out. Hey, brother, uh, it's kind of locker room it is, man. A bunch of snakes, I tell you. Can't trust anybody. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Uh, still a room full of workers. Exactly. And honestly, uh, some guys just don't want to rock the boat, is all. You know, it's not easy to stick your neck out. It's a cutthroat business. But if you're asking, uh, there are a bunch of guys who are tight with Julian now and weren't before, like, uh, like Zulu. I mean, he used to be his own guy, but now he's, like, Julian's number one stooge. <laughs> Makes sense, he's doing a slave gimmick. Okay. Or the Bronx Bombers. I mean, you can trust them as far as you can throw them, right? I mean, there's tons of guys I wouldn't trust. Yeah, you might be right, but... You know, this union doesn't have to die with me. You're a leader in the locker room, Eric. You can do no, something. No, brother, I can't. given me a lot to think about, Eric. I just can't stand the idea that Julian Kane is going to get away with the stuff he's doing. I don't know. Maybe it's a losing battle no matter what. I really don't know what's next for me. I have some real soul-searching to do. I appreciate you so much, Eric. And it's good to know I have at least one guy in the Empire I can trust with my life. Uh, yeah, buddy. You're my mentor, my big brother. And I'll never forget that. All right. I love you, man. Uh, yeah, you too. Buddy sits back in his recliner and pours himself another bourbon and thinks while looking at the American flag on the wall. Burke pulls up to the parking lot at Reunion Arena in his F-250 monster truck with the bullhorns on the hood. A vehicle he's known for all throughout the Dallas Metroplex. He steps out and anxiously waiting for him is also Booker Peyton Thomas. Boss, got a problem. The advance wasn't great for this show. Yeah, uh, we know our fans are becoming more of a walk-up crowd these days. Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, anyway, the ones that did buy tickets are asking for their money back. What? Actually, they're doing more than asking. They're kind of demanding their money back. Saying they saw ABC News exposed and saying all South Wrestling's bullshit. Come on. Didn't we already go through this last year and crush or smack that reporter? Um, this is a little different. This ain't a testimony. This is a police report about Gabriel and Denny Wayne. How many? Hundreds. Fuck them. Once they watch the show, they'll forget all that. No refunds. They'll come around. If it's hundreds of angry fans compared to the 10,000 or so that are enjoying themselves, who gives a shit? Actually, Bert, we're nowhere close to 10,000. What? 
After a heartbreaking loss for his beloved St. Louis Cardinals, a tipsy Crusher Crawcheck heads out of his favorite bar, Pete's Garage, to his Cadillac when he sees a group of large, beefy guys who all turn towards him. Hey guys, he's here. Aw, oh, for Christ's sakes. Can't I just go home to sleep? Here we go. The group of guys walks to him and he stumbles up too, putting his keys back in his pocket and cracks all his knuckles. The fattest of the group is first, and Crusher grabs him by the lapels and headbutts him. The tallest goes for him and Crusher drops him with an uppercut. The third guy with his long sandy hair and beard puts his arms up to block, and Crusher socks him in the gut, then punches him in the mouth. Crusher, please stop. You sons of bitches want some more. Crusher says as he knocks the fat one out with one more punch to the eye as he tries to get up. No, Crusher. We just wanted to talk to you. Please stop beating on us. Crusher holds his fist back, cocked. Wait. You look familiar. Yes, yes. The tall one on his knees puts his hands up for mercy, his long red hair now flopping over his face. I'm the guy who wanted to be a wrestler and asked you to teach me. Why didn't you say so? The bearded one spits out his front tooth. Never gave us a chance. God dang. Well, what the hell did you expect? Uh, standing outside a bar, huddled up, and attacking a man in the parking lot. You attacked us, the fat one says. What did you just say? Please, Mr. Krawchick, it doesn't matter. We're sorry, but can we just talk for a minute? What do you want? I met you at this bar. I'm that truck driver that asked you to train me, and you sent me to Brick Sawyer. Oh, right. I remember now. Well, I ain't in charge of Heartland anymore, so go somewhere else if you want a match. No, no, we're not even ready for a match. He never actually trained us. Well, come back after he trains you, you bunch of idiots. I mean, he screwed us over. He took all our money. Full tuition. We went once in a garage with some mattresses on the floor. He beat the shit out of us. Then we never saw him again. Sir, we just want to learn how to wrestle. Is there any way you'd reconsider training us? And we trust you that, that you wouldn't do what Brick Sawyer did. Yeah, he worked you, the fat one says. No, he didn't. He didn't work us at all. He didn't do any work other than him beating on us and swindling us out of our money. <laughs> right, I get you. You really are Garin, aren't ya? He didn't even smarten you up. How can we get smarter? They look at each other puzzled. Hmm. Again, my name is Mark. This here is Steve Foley. He works at the docks, but he got good money. How you doing, Crusher? What about you, big boy? You think you can wrestle? Mr. Krawchuk, I used to play for the LA Rams. I'm 350 pounds, but I can still move like an offensive tackle. <laughs> Someone give me a cigarette. One of them hands him a pack. He pulls out a smoke and lights it. Tell you what. We go back in there. Buy my dinner. And all the beer I can drink. And I'll think about it. Hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. 
luscious Ronnie Miller makes his way back from the reunion arena floor and sees Peyton Thomas in the hallway. Hey, Peyton, is there a storm out tonight I didn't know about? Uh, just the ABC News storm. It's like a ghost town out there. Why are we running the arena instead of the sportatorium? It's a valid question, Ronnie. I mean, this is what happens when you don't put the luscious one in the main event. What were you saying about ABC News? Go hit the showers, Ronnie. Peyton walks past Ronnie Miller, peeking out at the 18,000-seat arena that is almost completely empty other than a couple thousand people scattered throughout. Hey, someone killed the house lights already. Keep them off the entire show. Arena's empty. We don't need to emphasize it for Christ's sake. Newspapers taking pictures and shit. What the fuck? Backstage at the EWF show at McNichols Arena in Denver, Brian Lovejoy puts his gear on and is approached by Louis the Greek. Hey, we need you to work with this new guy, Vance Armstrong, and put him over. Why am I putting over some new guy? Louis, I've been here over a year now, putting guys over. When's it my turn? Uh, this special case. All the office love this Vance Armstrong. And we think he had potential from his look and this athlete. But all that left is wrestle, so we no see that before. But he trained by your father, so he figure you best guy to work with him. We got plenty of job guys here. Put in one of them. Those guys just take bump. We need uh, an actual match with Vance to get better idea of his potential and see if he get over with crowd. Brian thinks for a moment. All right, Louis. I'll do this on two conditions. A, I want to push. I've been working here for a couple years now, putting everybody over. I can work circles around everybody in this locker room. It's my turn for a TV push. Yes, Brian. I will do what can to make happy. And two, if I'm doing the job, this match can't be seen by anyone. I mean, you can't just throw this on TV. I need to start protecting myself. I learned everything from what happened to Buddy, so I need to start looking out for number one. This match will not run on TV. We job into some green guy. Okay, as long as you no sandbag him, because we both know you can make him look like sheets no matter what. Louis, I'm offended you'd even think that. I'm a professional. And as long as you hold up your end, then I got nothing to worry about. And neither do you. Okay, Brian. You have my word. All right, now where is this kid? I'll see what I can do. Brian Lovejoy walks over to Vance Armstrong, who's, who's spreading baby oil all over his muscular body. He gets up to shake hands and starts asking him about it. I can't save it. We're working, uh, you're going over, and they got big plans for you, I guess. Uh, what three moves you can do now, like your three best moves? Um, I can backflip off the top rope even, and I have a good drop kick. Any wrestling holds? I can do a headlock. Oh yeah, I learned how to do a schoolboy roll-up. Okay, what we'll do is build the match around those moves. We're gonna do a real simple match, so just trust me and follow me. In Reunion Arena, the darkness can't hide the tiny crowd that is quite distinct to Denny Wayne as he thumbs Gabriel Angel in the eye. After all, the last time these two were in the ring in this arena, there wasn't an empty seat in the building. He leans in while he chokes him. Where's the house? Gabe grimaces while he responds. I don't know, Denny. This ain't good. 
The referee tries to get Denny off One, of Gabriel. Two, three, four. Come on, man. Denny turns and grabs the ref as if you're threatening to hit him. He shouts quietly. Why is this place so empty, Earl? You know why, Denny? It's the news. Denny looks at the front row where a fan has been taunting him the whole match. Why are you trying to hurt Gabriel? Ain't you guys buddies? He's your best friend. <laughs> and he and the rest of the front row laugh while Denny looks at the referee with a look of fear. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. <laughs> Boys, start your in. Being cool, you'll find is a state of mind. Refreshing attitude. Things get hot. Cool is all you got. Doing it country cool. Decisions, decisions. Should you stop for a McDLT or should you stop for a Whopper? The McDLT is fried, so it tastes, well, fried. The Whopper is flame broiled to taste more like a backyard barbecue. The McDLT is the one they'd rather serve their way. The Whopper is fixed your way to your taste, all of which should make your basic decision very simple. This is a Burger King town. We know how burgers should be. Oh my, we now return to Kings of the Ring. Almost 40,000 people have packed the Charlotte Memorial Stadium tonight at Wrestle America to see Diamond Donnie Gold defending the World Heavyweight title against his almost friend and greatest rival, the outlaw Jesse James. Both men covered in sweat and blood pouring out of each man's forehead as the past 30 minutes. It's been a brutal war. These men despise each other. Donnie gets Jesse in the corner and wham! Hits him with that brutal tomahawk chop. A move he stole from the late great Chief Wayland Thorpe. Now Donnie grabs Jesse and Irish whips him across the ring. Wait, wait, Donnie reverses and throws Jesse right into the referee! WWA senior official John Silver on all fours, looking up, struggling to get to his feet. Oh, Donnie just threw Jesse James over the top rope. That's 10 feet to the ground. But Donnie's bought himself some time to recover. John Silver trying to lift himself up, but he's... And look, he collapsed. Look, Jesse popped right up on the floor. This ain't the cold concrete of the Coliseum. This is the soft grass of Charlotte Stadium. Donnie doesn't see him. Jesse sliding in the ring. Donnie turns around. Jesse hits a lariat. Jesse hits a lariat. But the referee is down. Jesse looking around for help. Wait, look. It's another referee, Reggie Willis. Jesse makes the cover. One, two, three. Yes. Jesse James has regained the World Heavyweight title and taken it from the evil, despicable, abhorrent Donnie Gold. Yes, Jesse James is champ once again. You got what you deserve, Donnie. You got everything you deserve. Happy days are here again. Referee Reggie Willis grabs the belt and raises Jesse's arms. What a night in Charlotte. Wait, John Silver's up. He just pushed Jesse's arms down. What's going on? He just grabbed the belt from Jesse. He threw it on Donnie Gold's chest. What is happening here? I don't know. The, the referees are conferring. Tell the ring announcer. WWA senior official John Silver has just informed me that he saw Donnie Gold throw Jesse James over the top rope. Jesse James is your winner by disqualification. WWA rules state the title. 
the match change hands on disqualification. Chelsea pleading with the referees who saw him down. I mean, you can see in the replay here, Silva was conscious when he saw Donnie throw Jesse over the top, which is an automatic DQ in the World Wrestling Alliance. Damn it. Donnie got away with this one. The EWF office is ecstatic after watching Brian Lovejoy and Vance Armstrong's match tear the house down. Oh, my sweet Lord Abel, did you see that man out there? He's the next world champion. Louis starts doing a traditional Greek dance in the hallway, while Frenchie can hardly believe it. That was the greatest debut match I've ever seen from a guy. That Vance Armstrong was incredible. Doing backflips out there, he's 275 pounds. The fans were bananas for him. Who needs Thor Hansen? He's your next champion, Julian. E your next champion. Julian Kane high-fives the others, nodding his head with dollar signs floating in the air as Lovejoy and Armstrong make their way from the arena floor. Brian Lovejoy is in front and heads towards Louie to see how he did when Louie walks straight by him like he's invisible as he goes straight to Vance Armstrong, who's shouting out to Brian. Thanks so much, Brian. That was incredible. Louie the Greek hugs him while Henderson and others gather around him, patting him on the back. You are incredible. What a debut. Lovejoy can't even believe it and throws his elbow pad across the hall, all in anger. Thor Hansen steps out into the hallway. What's going on? Your party happening? Lovejoy smirks in his own bitterness as he walks by Thor. You're about to be replaced, brother. We all are. Fuck this place. Huh? Thor's face drops as he sees Hendo, Nigel, and Louie practically sucking Vance Armstrong's dick while seeing Julian cradling Vance's head in his hands with a look of triumph on his face. Thor turns straight around and heads back into the locker room. Julian walks off in deep thought as Nigel follows him out. He's even better than he hoped. Do you uh, want to move forward with putting him in the stadium main event against Thor as a Russian? No, he's far too over to be a heel. Well, we finally have that leverage against Thor now. If he pulls any of his antics, um, let's not be too hasty. I'm not ready to drop Thor just yet. You were a few weeks ago. Well, he did something for me recently that, that showed me I can trust him no matter what, and I'll just leave it at that. But fans is going to be enormous, but I can't be impulsive about him. I certainly have some thinking to do. Where are you going? The show isn't even over yet. I have somewhere to be. A very special meeting. In the middle of our show? With who? Charlie Gotch. Oh, okay. Well, good luck. Hope it. Did you just say Charlie Gotch? In the towering Hilton in downtown Charlotte, Donnie Gold leads a pack of SCW wrestlers down the luxurious hallway of the top floor. All right, fellas. This is it. The penthouse suite. Bo Riggs looks around. You sure this is the right place? It's awfully fancy for a bunch of wrestlers. Willie Dean scoffs. Speak for yourself. Living the high life is what we're all about. Yeah. We're big time, baby. Hey. I'm into that. Hey. Okay, it's open. They open the door and view an enormous hotel suite like a large apartment. However, no one's inside. 
Dominic Rose asks. You sure this is the right place, Gold? Yeah, you told me the penthouse at the Hilton. Let's check it out. They walk in when suddenly... Surprise! Daniel Hawkins leaps up from behind the sofa with two big-breasted girls in cut-off shirts on either side. What's going on? Hey. Is this the place? Boys, tonight we set a new record for gates and attendance at the stadium. Jesse James and Donnie Gold is the hottest match in the world. And tonight we celebrate... Everybody's getting bonuses, everybody's getting hosed and high, and everybody's getting laid, and it's all on me. He throws two big wads of cash in the air. Gentlemen, start your boners! The doors fling open, and even more hot babes pour out of the rooms, ready to suck everybody's dicks. Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's the ultimate alliance party. Hawkins provided a dozen hookers for the boys. Bathtubs and a dining table filled with booze, beer, and food, and tons of cocaine and other drugs. The Rykoffs having a push-up contest with David Gibbons and Executioner Number 3 next to a giant beer can pyramid. Jesse James smoking cigars with Brutal Bob Walker and Bo Riggs in the kitchen. Kenny West, Bobby Rivers, and the Birmingham Bikers lined up in a bedroom with their dicks in their hands, waiting their turn at a girl. Donnie in his own room, enjoying multiple girls at once in champagne, freely walking around the entire suite naked, his baby's arm glistening. Dominic Rose laying straight on his back on the floor naked, while one of the girls walks all over his body in high heels as he moans in pleasure. Daniel Hawkins, Clyde Simmons, and referee John Silver taking turns doing lines of coke with a couple of the hookers wearing the world tag belts. It's an all-night orgy party of drugs, sex, and debauchery that lasts well into the night. As the sun is coming up, there are bodies everywhere as the room is total with guys and girls passed out throughout. A barely awake Bobby Rivers staggers out of one of the bedrooms looking for a place to piss, while Jesse James is passed out on the couch before awakening himself from his sleep apnea. Hey, tell Donnie. Tell Donnie about that girl from Little Rock with, with the weird tits. See, I got this one coos, right? Biggest cans I ever seen. Except one was a full cup size bigger than the other. Oh my god, it did happen. Oh man. I give anything to see that. Bobby looks up and sees Donnie Gold, Willie Dean, and Kenny West at a kitchen table, wide awake, drinking and chatting. Same story every night. Donnie and the boys. Fucking Diamond Club strikes again. <laughs> Jesse peeks an eye open. What did you just see? The Diamond Club strikes again? The Diamond Club. Hmm. The locker room is somber as a sweaty Denny Wayne and Gabriel Angel sit on steel chairs, leaned over. Peyton Thomas is at a loss for words. Michael Angel in street clothes stays in the background as the tension is thick. The match was good. That don't mean much if no one's there to see it now, is there, Michael? Gabe gives Denny a look. Take it easy. He's trying to be nice. Denny Wayne gives an apologetic look to Michael, who nods back. Uh, sorry, Michael, just a little tense is all. My career's about to be over. Bert walks in all happy. 
You boys don't worry. There's one house. Dallas is one market. Things will pick up in Houston and the Superdome and everywhere else. Dad, I think we need to go back to the drawing board. This is bad. People are hot for you two. It's a hot feud. They're buying into the angle. Yeah, for most of the people that were here, there are people who are mad at us or don't take us seriously anymore. Because of what me and Denny did. Now that damn news report buried us. It's bullshit. Realize that those who didn't read about us in the paper or, or heard about it from buddies at work saw the damn ABC show and wanted refunds, stayed home, or came anyway and sat in the front row heckling us. Then he rubs his face and looks up. Gabriel is right, old man. I'm not only killing the territory, killing the business. Chris Stanley raises his finger. Uncle, uh, you know my opinion of Gabriel and the Rebels, but they probably need to take a break from the All-South Rings until things cool down. The heat is on everybody, but they're the face of the problem. He turns to Gabriel. I'm sorry, Gabe. All of you hush with that talk right now. Because our savior is right there. He points at Michael. Come here, boy. I haven't seen you since you came back from Japan. Where you been hiding all night? Michael hesitantly walks over as Bert opens his arms and pulls him in and hugs him. Welcome back, son. Thanks, Dad. I'm glad to be back. Michael squeezes his father back. What are you on about? Michael's a savior. You're all doom and gloom, but to me, it's all falling into place. It's God's plan. People will forget about Gabriel and Denny, because all they're going to be talking about is Michael Angel. We're going to build the entire territory around Michael as a single. Son, you and me are going to show Julian Kane and Thor Hansen what creating a top draw is really all about. With tears in his eyes, Michael turns to his father, who is finally shining on him for the first time in his life. You mean it, Daddy? Do you? Of course I do. God made it happen. He resurrected you like Jesus Christ. He transformed you into his image. It's divine intervention. I'm going to be in the best shape for you, Dad. I'll make you proud, I promise. Bert puts his hands on Michael's shoulders and looks into his eyes. I know you will, Michael. And you are now the son I always knew you could be. Because when you died in Tokyo, every ounce of gayness died right along with you. Wait, what? Backstage at Denver Coliseum, Nellie Gotch welcomes a special guest. I want to thank you for coming all the way out to Denver. I wanted you to meet the old man and get that final stamp of approval. I think you're going to be a great fit, and I see big things for you. Dad, Dad, here he is. Charlie Gotch walks over, his mind racing. Dad, I want you to meet the newest addition to American Midwest Wrestling, Jerry, uh, otherwise known as Corporal Punishment. Nice to meet you, Mr. Gotch. You are a true legend in the business, and I can't wait to work for you. Uh, yeah, you too. It's time did anyone come by? Uh, anyone unusual? Not that I know of, but... Do you know Jerry here is in the new Schwarzenegger film? When it comes out next year, he's gonna be a major star, and we got him. Uh, yeah, I love motion pictures. Uh, where's Freddy? In the ring. The match has already started. Damn it. Charlie walks off. Uh, sorry, Jerry. He has a lot in his mind. I'll be back. Nellie walks over after his father. Dad, what was that about? 
You're kind of rude. I don't care. You should. That's a new wrestler, someone we might have a real future with. Oh, great. Another musclehead like Snail and Buzzwhip? Come on, Dad. We need to get with a program. We need new blood, and that muscle look is what's popular these days. It's 1986. We need to meet the people's needs. <sighs> Listen, Dad, stop. I'm going to say something that if I said a long time ago, we wouldn't be in the position we're in now. Oh, and what's that, Nelly? The sport has passed you by. What? How dare you? I've forgotten more about this business than you'll ever know. Yeah, that's a problem. You've forgotten a lot. You've forgotten everything you used to know. You're slipping. You even let Julian Kane march right into our territory. How dare you? I'm fighting him. How? By going head to head? You don't realize it, but most of these cities are, are just like Denver tonight, with them outdrawing us. We're losing everywhere. Jibuaki. You don't even read our figures. You don't pay attention to what's going on out there. What's going on with the fans. You look straight through corporal punishment when he's a top guy. Pfft, he's nothing. He's a musclehead with no legitimate skill. If something were to happen in that oh, ring... Oh, you mean like Thor Hansen? We need to go down that road again? Nelly gets in his father's face, his eyes bugging out. I've had it up to here with your stubbornness, your refusal to accept the changes of our decade. You, taking forever to let me have more influence and control, is why AMW is no longer number one. This year, Thor Hansen is going to headline the LA Olympic Stadium. 100,000 fans are going to fill that bowl that could have been and should have been an AMW show. California is our territory, and you ignored it and let Julian Kane waltz right in. Because you got lazy and complacent because Chicago and Milwaukee and St. Paul always paid the bills. But you always thought too small, and you left us vulnerable. No, it was Julian and the Alliance. Blame the Alliance. They have no control over the West Coast and the rest of AMW. Go ahead and blame everyone but yourself. I'm sorry, Dad, but I'm sick of losing. And we're going to book corporal punishment and push him because I'm not going to let you do to him what you did to Thor Hansen. Thor is evil. Thor was not evil. You all but shoved him out the door. You blocked all opportunity for that kid. I don't even blame him. It was all your fucking fault. Charlie slaps him. Don't you ever talk to me again. You're dead to me. One of the referees shows up and somehow ignores this bizarre incident. Um, Charlie, there's someone here to see you. He's waiting in the back room. You won't even Shut believe up. who it- Now listen, I want privacy with him. We are not to be disturbed. Charlie starts walking away. Yes, sir. <laughs> At least someone around here cares about what I want. Fuck you, Dad. Charlie storms off and Nellie kicks a chair. God damn it. Thor is dripping with sweat, leaned over and grunting, looking straight ahead, thrusting away in the dark. Uh, uh, you like that, huh? Uh, 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 uh. Well, I'm gonna punish you like that fucking Vance Armstrong, that fucking guy. I have to watch my back all the time. These assholes are always gunning for me, gunning for my spot. Uh, uh, uh. I fucked up on Predator. But that won't happen again, because I do whatever I have to do to keep my spot. I am the big cheese around here, and no one's taking that away from me. As Thor rants on, he remembers the night he 
switched the gimmicked coconut and put the real one in the bag that Les Henderson put out for the Kavanaugh Aloha Angle. I don't care who you are, friend or foe, this is my spot, and I have to do everything and anything to protect it. There's only room for one. We see Thor at an EWF show pulling Julian Kane aside, telling him something. Julian, completely shocked to hear this from Thor, shakes his hand and walks off before calling Federal Express. I hope people understand. I'm Conan the fucking Barbarian. I'm the king of fucking wrestling. Not Julian, not Buddy. Not Donnie, not Aloha, it's Thor Hansen. <sighs> Thor drops the heavy barbell on the floor as his arms and back are burning on fire as he stands alone in the gold gym in the middle of the night, staring into the mirror, completely naked and bathed in sweat. In a nearby back room of Denver Coliseum, Charlie Gotch walks away from the hullabaloo of the AMW show as he's led to a door. He takes a deep breath and opens the door as his lips curl over his teeth and enters. Julian came. Julian, standing in a suit with his hands behind his back, turns around and grins. I didn't think he'd have the guts to actually show up. It's been a while, Chuck, hasn't it? By the last time we saw each other, AMW was the paper empire ready to collapse. An empire state was about to be mine. And now, AMW is nothing. And the EWF has taken Bullshit. over. Bullshit. You surprised enough people to get some attention. Most of the Alliance still beat you head to head. You were already run out of the South. Yet we're crushing you. Chicago, Milwaukee, Green Bay, Seattle, Portland, Salt Lake City, and now Denver. You seen any good shows on Denver TV lately? <laughs> I knew what you did to steal TV from us, It's illegal, and it's chicken shit. You can't prove a thing, old man. You slimy fucker. You broke all lines. And all decorum. All respect for tradition. In the World Wrestling Alliance. Your father and I built this because we knew- Don't you talk about my father! He lunges forward. You drove wrestling into the dirt across half the country. These people were lucky to get one show a year with you in charge. You don't deserve to rule this wrestling world. And you do? You're a disgrace to your father and his memory. You ruined the sport. You ruined lives. You want to talk about ruining lives, Charlie? You did everything to ruin mine. My father. My mother. Your mother? What are you talking about? Julian shoves Charlie, who slams against the wall. You don't talk about my parents ever again. <laughs> That's good, Julian. Be angry. Makes it so much easier. Tonight... We end this once and for all. Charlie starts rolling up his button sleeves. And this time, there's no Hendo around to stop me. I'm gonna do 
but your daddy never had the balls to. Julian grits his teeth and charges. I said don't talk about him. Let's settle this like men. Both men grapple, grabbing at each other's throats. <sighs> Julian's youth versus Charlie's experience. Charlie lifts Julian and goes to uppercut him with a left hook, but his arm is numb. <laughs> Julian punches Charlie with his right hand, breaking his fingers that have never thrown a punch in his life. With blood on his lip, Charlie's eyes turn black, and Julian gets scared. Julian, I'm gonna kill you, you bastard. I'm gonna end this once and for all. Yeah! Charlie lunges at Julian and spins him into a chokehold, a move he's done a thousand times in his lifetime, and despite being so much older now, has it locked. Charlie rears back, pulling tighter, as Julian's face turns purple and his eyes roll into the back of his head. Julian's head starts to go light and the room spins. He thinks of his mother, his father, Jonathan Cain, looking down from heaven on him, loving him, welcoming him. The pain, the torment, and suffering of Julian's life fading away with nothing but love surrounding him. And then his father vanishes. Julian awakens as he collapses to the floor. He turns and sees Charlie against the wall, clutching his chest. Saliva and foam coming out of his mouth, with sweat pouring down his face. Julian regains full consciousness and slowly rises. Charlie, his face red as an apple, reaches up to Julian. Get Nelly. Julian, please get my son. Julian stands above him and straightens out his tie. Please, Julian. Look at you, Charlie. Looking so pathetic and weak. I'm going to wait one second for every second my mother endured when you raped her. I was there, Charlie, in the basement. I was just a little boy, but I saw everything. He grabs Charlie by the shirt and screams into his face. I saw you rape my mother! But I loved her. As Julian stands above him, Charlie's body collapses, his eyes wide open, his body completely still, dead. Freddie Fangler and others smash into the room with the police, and they see Julian standing over Charlie Gotch's body. Freddie runs to his best friend. Oh my God. He pounds on his chest. Please, Charlie, wake up. Please, I'm begging you. What did you do, Julian? What did you do? Officers, arrest this man. He just killed Charlie G. 